Welcome back to the Beacon Way podcast. This is Jennifer Christensen, one of your hosts, and really excited today to welcome Steve Turney, somebody that I have known for, I want to say four or five years now, had the pleasure to meet. He's the executive director of the Mental Health Marketing Conference, and that is how we intersected, like I said, a few years ago. And we have a great, just some great things to talk about today of one, how that all started, where it is today. And just this journey of scaling and growth that we've been talking about. How do you get from point A to what we call an overnight success many years later? What's that journey look like? And then lastly, Steve's going to share with us a little bit about how hospitality intersects with this event, or I guess events in general. Is that right, Steve? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So thank you so much. Welcome to Beacon Way Podcast. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. I will just kick off. So Steve, can you tell us a little bit about background for people that don't know you haven't met you yet? I know there's a lot of listeners that do know about the Mental Health Marketing Conference, but just a little bit about your background and how you got involved. Yeah, sure. And I'm looking forward to our conversation today too, because we have talked a lot about a lot of this before, and it has been several years. And I'll tell the story of how we got here, like you said, but you all were instrumental to some years because growing this conference has not been a straight, smooth line up and to the right. And you can take that personally as somebody who's doing that work. And you all came alongside us at some tricky parts and, and also some bright, shining moments. And yeah, I, it's been going on eight or nine years. I've had a background in marketing agencies, within healthcare and then SaaS-based companies, including an email service provider called Emma, which got bought by Campaign Monitor doing email marketing for small and mid-sized companies in Nashville. And so I didn't actually start the conference. It was by a friend of mine, a friend of mine, and he had a relationship that uncovered sort of bipolar disorder that was new to him and shone a light on his kind of lack of awareness about that kind of mental illness. And he walked with that person for a while through that relationship and they got help for her. And then the very next relationship, there was a schizophrenic break. And so again, it just caught him on his heels and opened his eyes a little bit more. So Nashville is a wonderful town and it's a community that rallies together. So he came to the Nashville healthcare community and said, I want to have a conversation about this. And it wasn't intended to be the first annual conference of 10 conferences in his mind, but he worked on it. And two weeks before the first conference was supposed to happen, there were like maybe 15 people signed up and they were all his friends and family and his wife. And he thought he had just failed. But in the Nashville way, the last two weeks, everybody rose up and he attracted more than a hundred people to this conversation wow. and brought in some great speakers. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost didn't happen. And to your point about this overnight success idea. So then he pushed that rock on his own. He was pushing that up the hill and three or four years. Fast forward to me turning 40, I went to a monastery as a way to just be intentional about that big round number in my life. And I could tell you the long story later, but the short story is I came away with this four word idea of help people in need. And so I started to try to do that and would fill up people's cars with gas instead of maybe passing them by and things like that. And then I realized I need to start at the core. I need to help myself. And I've been thinking a lot about agency as a word when it relates to mental health and what you can do for yourself. And that was 
certainly a brave step for me. So I engaged a licensed professional counselor in Brentwood, Tennessee, just south of Nashville. And I thought it was going to be like under the guise of career guidance. And we shortly got into shame and masks and lies and family and all those hard yards that you do if you're being real about talk therapy. And it was an answer for me. So it was certainly was incredible. Then I was having coffee with Austin and he was talking about this conference and it came out just, how can I help? And so that's how I got involved. That's so great. That's such an organic, unique story. And that not how people would think that it would end up where it is today, which is a pretty Mm -hmm. phenomenal mental health conference. It's got a lot of elements to it. So I love the intent, even what you came out of from the monastery, sounding like that was even just like the intent of your heart of even walking into this conference, really just staying true to that. So yeah. it doesn't really sound like anything changed of just, no, this is what I'm here to do to help. And then, so how did that transition then from that point of you stepping into help and now you becoming the executive director? And I guess it went from that point also uh, more localized to more national, right? Yeah. yeah. So what were those two pieces? I'd say. Yeah, it was local, very local to the Southeast. And it was also very focused on the solopreneur and the single shingle. And, you know, that my first event was in 2019. We ran an event in Nashville together and we had 200 plus people show up. And then we, I was super ready, kind of over the learning curve of event management and planning. And a little bit like you, I I didn't envision when I was five or 10 that this is what I would be doing with my life. It's interesting how the path unfolds before you based on your experiences and some chance encounters too. At least they seem like coincidences. So 2020, we were ready to go. COVID hits and we pivot virtual. And Beacon was one of those companies that stood by our side and allowed us to have the revenue through sponsorship to be able to run a virtual streamed event. And can't tell you how far that took us in terms of being able to continue the event. That was a real success in some ways. And then 2021 comes and we're trying to figure out a hybrid event, trying to keep it current with where things need to go. And Austin and I have a heart to heart. And he basically says, I've always told you this has never been my lifelong dream. And he's a world-class board game developer and community builder. So he's on to do that. So we postponed 2021, which was really hard. It was sad. And then we rebuilt it in 2022. And it was bigger and better than ever. So we had 200 people in person, plus 100 people virtually come and attend. And the speakers were just phenomenal. If you look at the line over time, it's like a zigzaggy up and down. But if things regress to the mean, you do smooth it out a little bit and you look long-term horizon, you know, like a low preference for time, like way out, then it just smooths out into a straight line. And I'd say in addition to the solopreneur transition, now with especially the last two or three years of the private equity kind of frothiness and the technology and innovation changes, and then health systems are awakening or have been awakening to the this realization that we've left mental health out in the silo, sort of the last bastion of bio care happens to be maybe the most critical. And so that's being folded in. Multi-site is bigger and more interesting than ever, I think. And you all have great experience with that. So I just describe it as I'm seeing the trends and those trends are technology, the economics and the societal changes. And that is a giant wave. And I'm just trying to paddle the surfboard and stay standing and not get swallowed up by it. I love that. 
There's so many, there's so much happening in the world right now. It's almost like, which wave do you take? Like, how do you, yeah, I think standing is a big, a big thing for that. Congratulations, I think, on one staying true to, I think, what that original intent was. I think that's one of the things when I was talking to people this last year at a conference, and I was so bummed that we came in late, had to leave early, and I don't even feel like we got the full picture. But what we did get was just this general sense of there was a purity to intent. And you don't always feel that in conferences. Sometimes you just feel like, okay, this was just made to make money or just made to kind of feel that throughout the way that the rhythm of the whole event goes. And in the conversations with people, there was just this, we're here because we care about what we do. We're here because we want to make a difference. We're here because we want to learn and we want to grow. And there was very much an exchange of information instead of people holding back. And I found that both Adrian and I were just like, that's something we want to be a part of. Even if we never get any business from that, that maybe isn't the most important thing. We're part of something. We're part of a group of people. We're connecting with people that we all align with, that we connect with. So I think that it's just cool that I could feel and see that intent continued, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't get lost. Oh, so, I love, I love that. I just love that. It's yeah. true. That is, that's very true. We give, it's not connected to a big corporation or a sales funnel. Not that's a bad thing. It's just, we've rolled in everything we've grown. We've rolled back into the experience. And I did realize, especially last year, um, being the sort of head bottle washer as Austin stepped out and he still co-hosted, but otherwise it was operationally in sales on my shoulders. And I did step into an opportunity to make sure that I was setting the tone and that, yeah. that happens actually from the bottom up for me. So the night before we're prepping the venue, I'm mopping the floors and we have other volunteers who can do that. But I think it just sets the tone that this is important, beautiful work for the amazing sound and video people who are supporting me that are way smarter than me in their areas, just to say, this is what it's about. It's about washing the floors for other people to come in and, and do their thing. And so in different ways, I think it, I think that leaks out somehow. And while it grows, that's the critical thing is how do we continue to have the strong enough scaffolding, I would say the right ideas and the big enough foundation to continue that even as we grow, because I think it's both possible to have growth and then to continue to have character and yeah, character is a big word, but that's the right word. What is the character of your conference? Yeah. And people pick up on that and you're right. It's, I think the fact that you're asking those questions now is huge because I think I've seen this in many companies. We had this conversation internally all the time. We're at like 35 staff right now. Last year we were this, we're like at 18 and as it gets bigger, you don't want to dilute culture. You don't want to dilute with the intentions. And there's always that fear of like, yes, we want to grow, but we don't want to grow into something that we're not, right? What's a part of the original intent? And I think most of us can identify or we see that in other businesses and we see that and that's just something to keep, yeah, mm. keep top of mind. Yeah. So I'm really excited about, and I think that I think people listening are really going to be excited about this idea because it, as soon as you said it, it just piqued my interest. So a couple months ago, we started talking about, I think it was online and maybe we even had a conversation about it about hospitality and how hospitality and it, and this conference, how they are been intersecting for you, how you've been sending it. Tell me a little bit about that. Where did that come from? Yeah, I pulled that from a book, 
setting the table with Danny Meyer and then a secondary book called Unreasonable Hospitality with Will Gadara. And Will Gadara worked for Danny Meyer in New York at Union Square Cafe and Union Square Hospitality Group, which is a now a group of nine, 10 or 11 restaurants that are very unique and very successful in New York. They're always among the top rated. And Danny was intentional about how he picked his location and how he crafted everything around this idea of hospitality. And the best way that he describes it is that he says, service is something done to you. And an example of service is here's your food. Okay, great. That's table stakes. Hospitality is something done for you where he would say, for example, oh, it's your anniversary. And, and the couple told him, oh, we left our champagne bottle in the fridge or in the freezer at home. And so Danny sends a waiter running down the street to take that out of their freezer with their keys. That's hospitality, which is What can I do for you as a person? And that transformed everything about the way I thought about a conference. And I've been to hundreds, probably two or 300 conferences. I've done the booth experience. I've done the learning experience. And for me, the pendulum is either stiff and stodgy and all head or this attempt to go Cirque du Soleil and full on entertainment. And it's so true. And. Yeah, not, I'm not going to point out any names, but I was like in a trade show floor and I look up and there's a person on a kind of rope trapeze thing. And I was just wondering, how does this, like, how does this make things better? But for me, as like actually an introvert and somebody who's traveled across the country a lot, when I get to my hotel room, I'm tired and I'm a little bit anxious. And this year we're going to have PIM, which does science-backed mood shoes. They're going to donate some product. It's Olivia June and Zach Williams company, which Zach is Robin Williams' son. And they're going to donate these mood shoes that are going to be on the pillows at the hotel. And so instead of chocolates, you get a little note that says, hey, did you just come off an an airplane flight? I I bet you're a little worn out. Here's a chew for that. And then you're anxious to go to the opening reception. Here's a chew for that. And they're all legal. They're all good. And so it's that type of touch I love that. that we're going for. Yeah, I love that. Your your intentional like thinking through this might see why you and I just connect with each other so much. Because this is the kind of stuff I love. I love that extra step of thinking through what does somebody actually need or feel, not just that surface transactional interaction. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. So are you looking to incorporate that even into the conference then itself beyond the yeah. that art? Yeah, totally. So we'll have some affinity groups for solo travelers. And again, Danny Meyer talks about the solo eater at a restaurant. They're, oh, you're going to be a small ticket and we'll shove you over by the kitchen. And he's like, no, those are oftentimes business travelers. So who knows who they are? It doesn't really matter. But we don't need to create second class citizens in our restaurant. And that's another thing that I've taken to heart. I saw myself stumble into it last year, and this year it's intentional where we get flat pretty quick. There's no sponsors over there and speakers over here and some VIPs there and some regular people over here. It's a, it's truly an inclusive melting pot and mixing pot of people. And sometimes that's a, sometimes that's something that we have to even overcome in, in like sponsor conversations. They want to know the demographics. And I'm like, I'm happy to tell you the demographics. And also, if all you're talking to are one kind of person, you're basically going to get one type of 
information. And I believe in diversity. So I believe that strengthen us, strength, strengthens us. And I believe that things that get too smooth, too uniform are typically also fragile. You look at glass, it's so smooth. It's so in formation and you drop it once and it breaks, but there's things that could be more robust. And I think that's where diversity comes in and lumps and even a little bit of healthy tension. As long as we're soft on the person and hard on the problem, I think we can really get into it. So that's why we've invited the tech and innovation conversation in with AI that you're going to be speaking to. And we're going to have the director of behavioral health from Oracle Health come in. He's going to talk and some others because therapists specifically, it comes down to incentives is what I'm always watching. I'm always watching incentives and therapists have an incentive structure around the 50 minute session. And it's so important. I've lived that and I know it's so important. And then at the same time, we're talking, what's the spectrum of acuity and what's the spectrum of technology comfort with clients, patients, and how can we meet everybody where they are through scale and the right human interaction at the same time while we're not doing harm, which is certainly something we need to get better at and moving forward. Again, just to invite all of those voices in, I yeah. think is the, is the right move. Yeah, I love that. That was one of the things that really stuck out last year again, too, was that even having awesome speak on TikTok or you had a wide variety of things, which I feel like not everybody agreed with, aligned with, was interested in on, on some level, or maybe they had preconceived notions. And, but it was still incredibly good information to all come together and then maybe at least take a minute to reassess. Maybe at least go, okay, why do I think that? Having that, those deeper conversations and diversity, you're not going to get that if you're just if it's the same people, the same people saying the same things, it, we're just an echo chamber. That's yeah. obviously not what you're looking to do. No. Yeah. I, I actually am really comfortable if half the people are leaning forward in a room and half the people are leaning back because it means, okay, we're talking about something important or divisive and that's okay with me. I do want to provide enough content. And part of that was a forced function of the room last year. We hedged our bet coming out of 2021 and we did what we needed to do. And it was just, it, thankfully, it just worked out really well. This year, the venue is, it can hold three times as many people. There are breakout okay. rooms. And what we're going to do along the lines of what you're talking about is we are still going to have the TED Talks and the panels. And we have two main stages now instead of one. And then as we trickle down into the event, I think what people are wanting these days are micro moments and they want deep conversation with people. It's less of a one-way street. The same way that we see corporate life general being less of a sort of a top-down hierarchy, there's fractionalization going on. So we're embracing that with fractional work groups and providing a lot of the content in advance that people can get before they even come to the event so that then we can launch into a design of the three days. So the first design is intention, which means what, what do you want here yourself? Because it, you can, there's lots of paths to the top of that mountain. Who do you want to meet? What do you want to learn? And what's that going to take? And that's going to be led by some licensed professionals, actually. Yeah. And then we have some, also some great presentations day one. We roll into an opening reception that night, which we've never taken advantage of before, the opportunity to build yeah. relationships. Then Tuesday is about, yes, information. Like we've got great speakers. It's an information download. Get comfy, take your notes. 
And then day three is in, is is infusion. So let's go ahead and take that information that we've learned and these goals that we set, and then let's activate it. Instead of going back to your office and saying, oh, in two weeks, I'll do a debrief with my staff. We say, no, actually today, I know the friends that I'm going to go join their podcast. They're going to join my podcast. We're going to keep talking and we're going to provide more space this year for that to happen. So there are longer time frames and circle groups and things that, that are going to help us do that. That is awesome. I'm very, now I'm really excited. So for people who haven't been before, maybe they're just hearing about this conference, the mental health marketing conference, and they're trying to decide, is this something I should invest in? Does this apply to me? Can you give a little bit of a, who this might really benefit to actually attend, who you're seeing, the feedback that you got, and people that said this was really impactful for them? And, and maybe just hopefully some people will hear this and say, yeah, I want to take the time to go. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't. I'd encourage people to maybe find somebody who's attended. We got a 95% approval rating last year, either good, very good, or excellent. And 85% was very good or excellent. We've learned from how to do a hybrid event. So we're going to be more inclusive of the virtual attendees this year and more on point with the timing of sessions, which is where we got knocks. So I'm always looking, I'm always happy for those nuggets. I want to eat right. those up first, smooth out the potholes. I think the value is for three people. It's for the marketing person. It's for the executive director or CEO of a behavioral health organization. And it's also for the clinician or provider, especially those that are maybe wearing two hats as a solopreneur person. And there again, speaking to the trend, what it used to be five years ago is very different from today. So this year we have a specific multi-site focus and deep dive into marketing strategies at the same time as we're doing digital marketing panel for the solopreneur and the small oh, individual. That's so that's us listening to who's here and why. In the past, it's just been, hey, here's the digital marketing panel and we want to make sure we cover this information. So we're getting better at segmenting. I think it's for the tech community as much as it is now for the behavioral health and clinician kind of provider space. We've seen Awesome health systems like Intermountain come last year and benefit right. as they think about real continuum of care and real coordinated care and bringing mental health in out from the cold. I think the value is to those three segments. And then if you're a creative agency and you need to learn this language or you need to get up to date on what the industry is speaking, that's a language you can learn at Mental yeah. Health Marketing Conference for sure. And then if you are in need of recruiting, or if you're in need of some marketing talent, maybe on the behavioral health side or the creative space, it's a great place to meet somebody who's talented. And I've seen that happen too. Yeah. Awesome. That is great. I am looking forward to seeing you. I actually, like we said, I'll be down there next week. So I'll see you then. But I'm really looking forward to the conference this year in the fall. And we'll definitely be encouraging more and more people to attend. So. Thank you. What you do, it's a, you're a big part of the community and have been for years. And I really can't say it enough. It's just truly impactful for how you've helped us to continue to grow this. You're welcome. Thank you for coming on the Beacon Way.